Well, good things are happening, right? You saw all the Florida stuff going on, so uh, Mrs. Moore's still there. You know, she's probably still working on her. But uh, she, uh, she, you ain't going to outwork her, I'll guarantee you that. Anybody staff say amen? Yeah. They will. Amen. And uh, Brother Moore just got back, actually, from uh, um, Brother Jerry Savell's uh, ministry, uh, ministering to ministers, said it went real well, uh, good things are happening, we're, we're able to minister on a lot of fronts right now, and uh, God's going to keep growing us, isn't He, uh, God's doing good, good, good things, amen, and so here we are, might as well love me, I'm here, glory to God, we're going to trust God, the Lord's helped us, hasn't He, He's helped us so much every time that we've come together, and uh, let's uh, let's pray and uh, get get hooked in faith together. Father God, we do thank you again for your opportunity, the opportunity to hear your word, to study your word, to fellowship together, Lord. We pray that everything that was be said today would be of you, Lord. Have your way, Lord. This is your service, Lord. Say those things which would edify and build up, and and help us to grow in you. Lord, we thank you and we love you and we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, what do you want to do now? Let's, let's look at the Word. Amen. Let's look at Philemon, verses 4 through 6 at least. We'll start there. You know, so many times um, God has uh, showed me or wants to show me how to encourage, how to build up, how to get others involved in, 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 the, in the Jesus Christ, in the faith, and how to um, communicate my own faith. In fact, is that's what these scriptures are about, uh, communicating faith. You know, and so many times we want our faith to go out and get stuff for us. Well, and that's great, but that communicates your faith to you. <laughs> yeah, that's what it does, right? You know, and, and you should. You want to be well, and you want to be healed, and you want to be prosperous, and you want to be blessed, and, and you want all those things. But your faith is so much more than that. Your faith is designed to be infectious. Your faith is designed to be contagious. Your faith is designed that when you go into a room, when you walk into a place, that everybody around you begins to be built up by your faith. Amen? That's truly communicating faith. You know, you can do a lot of things, but what we want to do is we want to, we want, I, you know, if I had my desire, I would always stir up the doer in us. There's a, you know, it says be a doer of the word. Don't, not just a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. A doer, and, and, and we want to stir up our doer. Amen? Right? Right? Does anybody in here want to stir up their doer? I want to keep my doer stirred up. Amen? You know, a lot of people that don't keep their doers stirred up, first of all, they quit going to church. They quit being around church people. They quit do, because they're not stirred up about the things of God. When you're stirred up about the things of God, then you become a great communicator for God. Not by what you say, by who you are. You might say something, but more often you'll just be. Amen? Just be. You guys thought I was going to add to just be, didn't you? Now, just being is a good thing for a Christian, amen? Because you just be in Him. Amen? 
Philemon 4. It's only one chapter. Philemon 4. Verse 4. Okay. I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers. Version you got. King James. Good. Hearing of your love and faith, which thou hast towards the Lord Jesus and towards all saints, that the communication... This is what he prays. This is what Paul is praying that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Effectual, that, that the communication of your faith can become operative and powerful. Right? How many want the communication of their faith to be powerful and operative? How many that want to produce with their faith? They don't, and I'm not just talking about produce your electric bill. I'm talking about produce other people that love Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's great that He can produce the money for your electric bill, that your faith can move a mountain. But if it can move a mountain and has not love, right? Dave, why do you always have to talk about that love thing? Because Dave needs lots of love, okay? <laughs> Dave has not always been a lovely person, and he's getting lovelier. Amen? And so he's going to talk about love, because that's what your faith needs to be effective. That's what your faith needs to, to go out and mean something to others besides you. It's great that your faith is good and that you believe God wants you to be blessed and well and, and whole and your children to have a good life. And, but it's more blessed when, you, when your faith wants to go out and win others in faith. Not just win others and say, oh, good, you're saved, you get to go to heaven. But win others, this faith that's in me, you can have. You can believe for your own health. You can believe and, and call on the name of the Lord and be saved. You can believe. Amen? You can do these things and you can become a doer of the Word. Amen? And we want to stir up our faith. And we want to communicate properly. And as Brother Moore says, communication is greatly affected by the hearer. Amen? And, and unfortunately, in today's world, good news, I brought props. <laughs> I got props tonight. You can't see them all until I'm ready for them. But in today's world, Christians don't have the best name in every circle, do they? Huh? Well... That's because our faith hasn't always been communicated properly. Amen? It's one thing to hear. It's another thing to listen. Okay? There are noises going on all around us right now, and you are hearing them. Whether you acknowledge that you're hearing them or not, your, your ears are hearing them. Like, if we all got really quiet, we can hear every air conditioner that's running. But if one of them was running wrong and I said, Steve, is this one over here not running right? Then he would begin to listen because he would listen for that air conditioner. So we don't want to just hear the Word of God. We want to listen. We want to know what he's saying to us so that we can properly communicate to others. Amen? We want, we want to know for sure what that, how that faith's being communicated to us and through us. Because we got people believing all kinds of things like 
Well, I'm not even going to say. doesn't matter. You know, I've believed all kinds of things that I shouldn't believe. But we got people that are trying to communicate faith in so many different ways that the news only catches the ones that are weird. Right? Or, or that's the one that everybody sees and talks about the most. So, you know, when we're communicating our faith, you know, we could do it like this. And we can go out and we can get our Christian t-shirt. Huh? Yeah, because you got to wear a Christian t-shirt if you're going to properly communicate your faith, right? you got to have your Christian t-shirt. And you know what? If you ain't got your cross, then forget it. You have got to have your cross. Because now how are people going to know that you're a Christian if you ain't got the big old cross around your neck? Right? Man, you got people wearing them that light them up and do it. And hey, I'm not saying anything bad about wearing I got a really pretty gold cross that I don't wear very often anymore, but it, I'm not saying don't wear a cross. But we got people that are wearing these crosses. And they're wearing them like that. Why? Because they're communicating their faith. Amen? They got their cross. And now they got their Christian t-shirt. They drove in in their car with their Christian bumper sticker on it. Honk if you love Jesus. Hey. And now they've got their Ten Commandment tie. Hey. Come on. I got my cross. My Ten Commandment tie. I got, I got three concordances. Huh? I, I got big Bibles. I can hit people over the head with them. I'm going to communicate some faith to you somehow. Amen? Because I got Ten Commandments right here. What? Did you just lie to me? Because look here, brother. How do you think a, a non-believer thinks about that? They don't want to see you. So I got my Ten Commandments tie. I got my cross. What else do I got here? Oh, well, you can't go without these. My what would Jesus do bracelet. I got to I got to have them on every hand because you can't go and and identify with Christ without these. I'm sure Paul wore one of these everywhere he went. Now, don't get me wrong. I like these. The good message. Good message in the cross. I'm not going to say anything about the tie. Good message in all this stuff done right. Done right. But when people get these on, and then they go and they get their great big Bible. You know, they get the big... I couldn't fit those on my wrist if I had to. Those must be made for little... Little bitty kids. They got their cross, their tie, their big Bible, and they're going out. They got all the tapes that they'd ever need, and they're going out, and they're looking for the next victim. I mean the next person (laughs) that they can witness to. And they're ready. Does this communicate faith? Is this going to bless somebody? Is it going to bless somebody if I go up to them and say, hey, you better start following all ten of these commandments or you're going to hell, brother. Okay? You will go to hell. Uh, nobody wants to know they're going to hell. What they want to know is that they don't got to go to hell. And if you want to communicate true faith, you'll communicate the goodness of God, not the severity. Amen? Because it says... Paul prayed that you would acknowledge, let me get this tie off, every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. It doesn't say acknowledge 
Now, there is bad news if somebody doesn't want to receive Jesus Christ as Lord, that there is a hell and they could be going. But that's not what's going to lead men to repentance. What leads men to repentance? The goodness of God. So if you're going to truly communicate the faith of God, you're going to communicate the goodness of God. Amen? Not this. Amen? And, and you could be the militant Christian. How many of you have seen this? Wait a second, I was smiling. Have you done this, brother? The word says, repent! Word says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Word says, change the way you think because there's a good way of thinking around now. We got a new way of thinking. We got we got a better way of thinking. We don't have to think about judgment. We get to think about mercy. That's why that's why Jesus said, preach the kingdom of God is at hand because the true kingdom of God is mercy and love and graciousness and kindness. The true and yes, you'll have to repent to think that way. Amen. And you'll have to turn and go another way. But this ain't going to make it happen. We drove by. We were driving out on the highway, and I'm not going to say where, but we passed a car, or a car passed us, actually, and the back of the license plate just said, repent. So I thought, I'm going to drive up and see that happy person. Drove up beside them, and they were just as happy as I felt like they would be. This isn't a happy person. And you know what? You might be able to tell somebody to change their mind. And you do want to lead people to repentance. There is repentance in, in Jesus Christ. There is forgiveness through the blood. And this, but this is not the way to do it. I, I looked for it in the New Testament where Jesus marched with a picket sign. I never saw it in there. Amen? And here's the worst one. I saw this the other day. This. And underneath it, it had what he hated. And it was people. It wasn't just stuff. You know, God don't hate no people. There's your good English for the night. God don't hate no people. And he ain't going to hate no people. Amen? God ain't a hater. He's a lover. He is love, and everything that He does is love. And if He hates something, it's something that is directly against love. Amen? Amen? And and to communicate faith properly, you're not going to walk up to somebody and say, God just hates that. God's not in the condemning business. He's in the bringing life business. He's He's in the building up business. He's in the love business. And if we're going to communicate properly, we're not going to march around with signs like this. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And beat people over the heads. Hey, God hates what you're doing. You know what? I know God hated what I was doing when I was in sin. Didn't even need anybody to tell me. You know what turned me around when somebody said, God still loves you anyway. He might hate what you're doing because He loves you. Amen? That's what turns people around. 
That's what communicates faith. I, I was uh, called into a uh, legal situation not long ago. And, of course, I don't like legal situations anyway. And so it made me mad that I even had to be involved in it. And so, you know, I got, I got to thinking in my own mind. I said, you know, that just makes me mad. I'm going to go in there. And I'm, gonna, I'm just not going to be very cooperative at all. They're going to get no help from me. This is not going to go well for them. See, I told you Dave needed a lot of love. See, Dave, Dave, God's still working on Dave. And then I sat back and got quiet. And God said, no, what you're going to do is you're going to love. He said, I want you to walk in there in love and let love change the atmosphere of that place. And I said... Get thee behind me. <laughs> now, I said, you know, I can do that. I knew everybody involved in the situation. And I said, I can do that. He said, if you'll walk in, walk in there and love, I'll change this situation. And he told me that two weeks before I did it, so I had a lot of time to get in love. <laughs> you know, God, God lets you get time to prepare. He's a, he's a good God. You know, he, he knew it might take me a little time. And I walked in there in love. And I began to minister love to the people in that room. And, and I'm not saying I spoke about Jesus. I didn't say, I didn't say, I didn't walk in there and say, Ooh, I'm here in the name of the Lord Jesus to love on you. Please come hug me. No, I just walked in there with the joy of the Lord, with, with, with the expectation of good things. Amen? And, and, and one time, at one time, we're sitting around a table, and we're sitting here with a lady that's typing, and everybody else around, and all of a sudden, everybody else leaves, and it's me and this lady that's typing. And she just starts talking to me. We just start a conversation. And she starts talking about things that have went on in her life and, that, you know, and uh, different situations and how she's married today and has got a blended family. And, you know, how things, you know, had went kind of bad as a younger person and ended up in a divorce. And, and somehow it came across as, as God hates divorce, which is in the Bible. Amen? And I sat there and thought about it. And I said, you know what? I got better news. God loves marriage. Yeah. God loves marriage. And He will grace you in the position you're in right now to be who God's called you to be. And God enabled me to love her and to show her His side of this. It's not just that He hates divorce. He loves marriage. He, he loves people. And He's for the things that marriage promote. Amen? And, 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 and He enabled me to minister love. And then He continued to enable me to minister love through this whole thing. And, and by the end of the day, this case was closed. And, and they, they decided not to do it. Glory to God. Glory to God. And it's not because Dave. It's because somebody allowed faith to be communicated through them and allowed the love of God to come into a situation that had none. Amen? And when you... It's not what you say. It's the very presence. If you allow Him to work, the, the, His faith to come up in you through that love, then it, then it begins to change circumstances and situations. It, the, the atmosphere begins to, go, to change. Amen? And, and it communicates faith. You know what? God loves marriage. 
God loves people. And no matter what's happened in our past, He'll take us right from where we're at and, and he'll, he'll grace us to be everything that He's called us to be in the situation we're in. Amen? No matter how bad we've messed it up, He'll still allow us to communicate His faith to others where we're at. Amen? Glory to God. These signs, you know what? If people want to march and they feel like that's what God's leading them to do, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't. If, I guess if you can march in love, march in love. Amen? Amen. But I think true communication of faith is being the hands and feet of Jesus on this earth. Amen. It's being something more than what's there. Amen? Um, in Romans 1, you guys with me? Huh? I think it's important because I want to properly communicate the faith that I have. I have faith that God is a good God. And just because He's done something great for me is not going to truly communicate faith to someone else. They'll say, oh, He is good to you. I want Him to know that He's good to them. Amen? Amen? I want him to know that the same good God that loves me loves them just as much. In Romans 1 and 8, it says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the world. That's, that'd be a great thing, man. How would you like it? Somebody wrote a letter to the church tomorrow and said, said I just want to thank God for you all. Your faith is spoken of throughout the world. Amen. This is to a church, not to a person. Their faith is spoken of throughout the world. That's a good message. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 1, verses 6. Put this in the NIV. Verses 6 through 8. You became an imitator of us and of the Lord in spite of severe suffering. You welcomed the message with the joy given you by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Amen? We're talking about people who pressed in and believed God no matter what. Not just for them. Not just so their, their little world could, could spin the way they wanted it. But because it was bigger than them. Our faith is so much bigger than us. If all you receive from your faith is what Jesus did for you, great. You're, in, you're, you're doing good. But what if you give out of that faith to others and they receive what you've got? And that's passed on and passed on. In every situation that you're in, you find yourself being the one people are looking to, not looking away from. It's happening too often with Christians. It's too, it's too often that everybody says, you got something to say? What are you? Oh, Christian, and we got to go over here first. Why? Because, because we've... Because, okay, I'm not going to say. I don't want to be mean. Okay? Mean doesn't get it done. People say, ah, it's just hard love. No, that's just hard. Amen. And I'm not saying, you know, people say, well, you know what, if you weren't so mean, you'd do this for me. That has, that's manipulation, okay? That has nothing to do. You know, we want to do what God says to do. 
And that doesn't mean that you hand out to everybody. It doesn't mean that you, you, you fix every need. You don't fix every need. Um, people are here to serve God and to do what He says and to do it the way He says to do it. Amen? But not mean. There's a way to say no, not mean. Right? <laughs> Is that good English? Well, I was reading, and you guys have been reading in, in the last few weeks, actually a few weeks ago, we were reading about Paul in the book of Acts. Paul communicated faith all the way through the book of Acts. I, wa- I, I sat there and read that, and I thought, man, this is a guy who was beat, imprisoned. He was, he was, he was accused of things he didn't do. He, wa- he, was, he was taken places he didn't want to go. And everywhere he went, he communicated the faith of God to the people around him. So we're going to start at King Agrippa and just look at, at the way Paul communicated faith. And I didn't see anywhere where he carried a big sign, wore a big cross, had a, guy, had a nice bumper sticker, because that doesn't communicate faith. I don't care how many little fish symbols you put on your shirt or on the back of your car. That's not going to tell me what, what, that you're a Christian. Why, how are they going to know we're Christians? By, the By their love. Right? Yes, and putting something on the back of your car does not require love. In fact, is you're putting it on the back of your car, so you might not love your car. No. <laughs> you got a bumper sticker, enjoy it. Just kidding. Paul, of course, you guys know the story. He was, um, the Jews got mad because he was preaching the gospel. They had him arrested. He's being drug around from place to place to place. You know, most Christians right there, they're, they're being drug around from place to place to place. They just go grab one of these signs and say, God hates people that drag me around from place to place to place. <laughs> and they'd start marching. They'd get mad. They'd get offended. And they would not preach the gospel. They would get mad. Amen? And he's being drug around from place to place. But he knows there's something more to it. Everywhere God takes us, there's something to do. Right? Amen? If He takes you to a deposition in a lawyer's office, there's something for you to do. Right? If He puts you on a plane at the spur of a moment to get somewhere, then it's not just what you're getting to. He's got you something to do all the way. God, you can communicate faith everywhere you are. Sometimes it's by a word. Sometimes it's with a smile. Sometimes they may ask you questions. You don't know. But you're not looking for somebody to beat up with the word. You're looking for somebody to love with God. Amen? So he's, in, he's, he's looking to go to King Agrippa. And starting about, about verse uh, 9, verse 9 of chapter 26, Acts 26, 9. I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus. In other words, Paul is talking about himself in the past and he's saying, this is what I used to believe. I used to believe that it was my duty to oppose anybody who spoke in the name of Jesus. Verse 10, which thing I also did in Jerusalem and many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priest. And when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. Now that is communicating the complete opposite of faith. 
but it's, it was, he was communicating the faith he had at that time. Amen? He believed he was doing the right thing. Right? He thought he was doing what God would have him do. You know, people get mad about stuff like He thought he was, I mean, in his eyes, he was, this was the heart of God. We've got to get rid of these people. Amen? Verse 11. And I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme and being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even unto strange cities. Whereupon, as I went to Damascus with the authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven. What's he starting to do? He's communicating his faith. He's communicating his faith. You got a testimony? That's the, one, that's the first way to communicate your faith. It's not to tell people you're better than them. It's to tell people you've been where they're at. Amen? Amen. Amen. Paul told first who he was. Amen? And now he's getting ready to witness. Now he's getting ready to witness to the king. He said, I saw a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for you to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? He said, I am Jesus whom thou art persecuting. But rise and stand upon thy feet. What's he doing? He's telling King Agrippa exactly what Jesus has done for him. He's telling him how Jesus took him from this man in verse 9, 10, and 11 and, and drew him into the gospel and, and, and brought him to a place of faith where he could, where he could tell this story. Amen? And he's telling this story to the king. Right? Because he's in jail. Now, he wouldn't be telling this story to the king if he hadn't gotten jail. Most Christians would have said, I don't got to go to jail. I'm not going there. I can't do If I have to go to jail, I can't even preach. You can preach the gospel in jail. People, people will hear you real easy, too, in jail. It, you know what? You talk about an easy field, go to jail. They, they're ready to hear the gospel in jail. Amen? Glory to God. He's before the king because of this. And Jesus said, But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen and those things in which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among the saints, and tell them they're going to hell if they don't. <laughs> oh, that's not in there? So Jesus saved Paul to tell, so he could tell him how good he was. That's what he did. He saved Paul so Paul could go around and preach the good news. That somebody that, that has put other Christians to death, that somebody who has, who has been completely against him can be saved and be a minister and communicate their faith to anyone all over the world. Amen? Amen? And they can have an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me, whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. What did he say? When I heard it, I said, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. People say, well, sure he did. He got knocked off his donkey. He got blinded. You know, God made him do it. God didn't make him do nothing. 
He saw the goodness of God. He saw the reality of Jesus Christ. And when people see the reality of the goodness of God and Jesus Christ, that He died so that they could have forgiveness of sins, by faith in Him they could live. If, If we truly preach that message, that is communicating faith. Amen? That you don't have to have it bad. You can have it good. Amen? But showed first unto them at Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout the coast of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent. Those scummy, wormy people need to repent. No, that's not what he said. They need to repent, change the way they think, and do things that show they do, they've changed the way they think. That's what repent means. People don't like that, but repent means turn from what you're doing, change the way you think, and think another way. Right? People don't like that because they've seen these signs. And when you see repent, the first thing you think is, I'm an awful person. I've got, I've got I've got to tell everybody what an awful person I am and so that I can be forgiven. You know what? You don't have to tell anyone what an awful person you are to be forgiven. Paul didn't tell anyone until after he was forgiven what an awful person he was. And you didn't surprise God. He knew how awful of a person you were before it started. Right? He didn't, none of us surprised him. And so what Paul said, he said, For this cause the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me, having therefore obtained help of God. I continue unto this day witnessing. Where is Paul again? Now, I don't want, Paul didn't just get in jail. He's been incarcerated in different areas for several months now. If you go back and read, you go, you're go. you going to go clear back to chapter 21, which has got to be several days away because I had to read for minutes to get there. <laughs> right? So it's got to be several months away. And, and, and he says, he says I, I'm, I'm still witnessing anybody that will listen to me, anybody that will hear me, I'm telling them of the goodness of God. I'm communicating my faith everywhere I go. Amen? saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say that Christ should suffer. What was he doing? He was preaching Jesus. That's what Paul preached. What did he say in Corinthians? I preached Christ and Him crucified. You know, a lot of people think Paul had this... He had a deep revelation. But that's what made it so great for him to preach Christ and Him crucified because the deeper your revelation in Christ the greater your knowledge of what actually happened on the cross, what actually happened in hell, what actually happened those three days. Amen? And, and that's what he preached on. And thus, um, let's see, what, what verse was I in? And Christ should suffer, and they should be the first that should rise from the dead and show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. And as he thus spoke himself for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul... Thou art beside thyself with much learning, or beside thyself, much learning doth make thee mad. In other words, Paul, you've learned so much, you're crazy. Well, that did it for Paul. He went and got his sign, and he got his, he got his cross, and he said, you just don't know. I'm a Christian, brother. You can't call me mad. And I ain't talking to y'all no more, because... I am right and you are wrong. 
You know how many people have turned the light switch off on any chance of witnessing they had because they got offended by what somebody said in the middle of the witnessing? That's not what time it is to quit loving. That's You know what? You can love anybody who's being nice. It's when they're being mean that love really works. It's when they say, you're crazy. When you step back, what would Paul say? Well, look what Paul said. He didn't go get his sign in his picket line. He didn't, he didn't even step out. He said, where did I go? I don't even know where I'm at now. 25, there we go. But he said, I'm not mad. Most noble Festus. People say, well, he called him that because he was the governor. No, he called him that because he was honoring him and he was walking in love and he did not want what he had already spoken to be completely nullified by saying something stupid. Amen. Amen? And he continued with the love of God and and communicating faith to King Agrippa. He completely, he just said, Noble Festus, I'm not mad. I'm, I'm not mad. In fact is... Uh, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness for the king. Now, see, he goes straight back to King Agrippa. He said, for king, the king knows these things before whom also I speak freely, for I am persuaded that none of these things were hidden from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know you believe. Paul's witnessing to the king. And he's not going to get sidetracked by Festus. He's not going to get sidetracked because he's been in jail for too long. And, he, and he's not, not even rightly there. He's, nothing's going to sidetrack him. It doesn't matter where you're going. You're doing it. If you're doing it communicating faith, you'll do it right. Amen? Everywhere we go, we are a witness. It's not a question of what we say. That's why these things, there's nothing wrong with a cross. There's nothing wrong with a tie. There's nothing wrong with a fish on the back of your car. We need to be doers of who we say we are. Amen? And that's what we're looking to do. And we're not going to get sidetracked because they they don't like the message. Right? Because if only one person, and he and here's what he's thinking, if this person, this is the king. You want to save a nation? Save the king. Amen. And he says, King Agrippa, I know that thou believes. And Agrippa said to Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, you know, this really confuses people because people think that because Paul was in jail and Paul suffered, they say, well, why shouldn't we suffer? Paul didn't even want you to suffer. Paul didn't even want people to suffer. He didn't want people to go through what he was going through. He said it right here. He said, I would to God that not only you, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am. How was he? Saved. Amen. Saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. That's how he wanted them. Saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Except these bonds. In other words, I want you to be just like me, but I don't want you to have to deal with what I'm dealing with. Right? That's the heart of that's the heart of a man of God right there. Right? That's the heart of the Father. Right? How many fathers I got in here? Did you want your kids to have better than you? <laughs> you know, Jesus said we're gonna reap where we have not sown. You know, other people's labor. We're doing that now. Paul fought some fights back then that, that have enabled us not to have to. Glory to God, because He was willing to go through it. You don't got to. 
People say, well, you know, somebody's just got to go do No. You don't got to. But if you do, guess what? We can do it just like Paul. Now, I can tell you right now, Dave's got to do some growing in this area. Anybody else? Amen. <laughs> Amen. But I want to grow in this area. I want to walk out my door knowing every step I take is a step in communicating my faith in God, my faith in His love, my faith in His goodness, my faith in His ability, my faith in who He is to me and can be to you. Amen? I want people to know my God. That's faith. I don't want to know... I don't want them to think, well, this is your get-rich-quick scheme for the next... we got too many people serving God to get rich. If you'll serve God, you'll get rich. You don't need to serve Him to get rich. Amen? He's a rich God. You You become a child of a rich God, guess what you are? A rich child. You know, my daughter came into town just this week. Actually, she just got here. And she called me this week and she said... She, she said, can you go out and buy tickets for everybody to go to Silver Dollar City? She didn't, ask, she didn't say, I know it's really expensive, Dad, but could you go out? I'm bringing 16 of my friends home. Could you go out and buy tickets? Uh, but I, I know it's expensive, and if you need to, me to take it out of my bank account, I can't. No, she didn't say any of that. Why? Because she's a rich kid. As far as she's concerned, we've never taught her anything different. Glory to God. Because she... Right? So we went out and bought 16 tickets. <laughs> what? what you, you thought I didn't do it? No. No. She's, she's very much the way she is because I made her that way. And I'm very glad I did. She's a good kid. Amen? I'm not saying I did it all right, but I had fun doing it. Where were we? (laughs) We better go somewhere else. That's not in the notes. Paul wished that everybody was his. Paul spent all this time so he could get to that king so he could communicate his faith in God and in the love of God and in God's salvation for him. What 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 he witnessed to him was what God had done in his life. Amen? And that he did it in his life so that he could work through him to let people know that there's forgiveness of sins, that they can, that they can repent and turn and, and have the goodness of God in their life, that they can be born again. And that was what he witnessed to them. Amen? And he didn't do it with a picket sign. He didn't, tell, he didn't stand there with an ugly look on his face. And he didn't blame people for his lot in life. He didn't, he didn't go up there and say, you know, I shouldn't be here. And you guys are really wrong. And I, and, I, and, I, and I am really mad because I'm here today. And if you, don't find a, if you don't find me not guilty and get me out of this, then you're wrong. He didn't even take time thinking about Paul. He, he probably needed some me time too, huh? I mean, he'd been drugging around a long time. It was, Paul was needing his me time. You know, poor Paul. Guys, we get a hangnail. I just don't know if I can go to church this morning. I woke up and stubbed my toe on the nightstand. 
And you know, those kids, they got snotty noses. I don't want to go in there and get sick with them. <laughs> I'm telling you guys what I've thought, not what you've thought. Come on. You can look at Dave. I'm okay. I'm saved. <laughs> Getting more saved. <laughs> As I speak. <laughs> Paul, <laughs> Paul was going through stuff. And you wouldn't even have known it. You would have never known it because he was on a mission to communicate faith. That was his life. He did not care where he was. He was always on his way somewhere to be what God had called him to be. No matter where that was, he was going to be it. Amen? So what happened after he left King Agrippa? Put him on a boat. You know what? We've got to send him over to see somebody else. Let's get him on a boat. Amen? So they... Uh... Wow, where did I go here? Chapter 27... They decide they've got him going on a boat. And, uh, you know, they have some pretty good weather at first. You know, first few trips are okay. A couple verses down, weather's not so good. getting a little harder to get across the ocean. They're at port and about to go off again in verse uh, 10. They're about, to get, they're about to cast off again. And Paul says unto them, Sirs... I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage. You know what? If you believe the man of God was speaking right there, you'd say, well, then we ain't going. Amen? Amen? And it was the man of God speaking right there. Not only of the lading of the ship, but also our lives. So what's he saying? He's saying not only is the ship going to suffer damage, we're going to suffer damage. You know, when people tell me I'm going to suffer damage, I'm like, let's find another way. I believe there's another way. You know, when they even tell me it's going to be a little hard, I'm going to say, are you sure there's not another way? Because hard doesn't seem good for me. (laughs) Right? You know, that's why they made like riding lawnmowers, because push mowers really stink. (laughs) Riding lawnmowers ain't much better. And that's why they made people to pay to do your lawn. (laughs) See, I went from really bad... To, okay, to, hey, I like this. <laughs> See, there's always a better way. Amen? Sirs, I perceive this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only at the lading of the ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than the things Paul spoke. So Paul went and he got his cross He said, they obviously don't know who I am. They're not going to appreciate my gift. God hates people who don't listen to me. (laughs) They are not appreciating my gift. God told me this. I should be listened to. I am, where is the corner of the ship? I'm going to sulk until we get or don't ever get to where we were supposed to go. Because we're all going to die. What if Paul would have said that? And he, we got Christians today that do it. They get mad, pick up their sign. Instead of trying to do something and hear from God, let's pick it until it changes. What's it going to change? Let's ask until they give us the right answer. No. Let's be the men and women of faith that we're called to be. 
and let's put on our cross for the right reason and put down our sign. Amen? <laughs> you guys with me here today? Glory to God. They didn't listen to Paul. Paul could have got mad. Doesn't it make you mad when, when you know you've heard from God and you can't get nobody to hear what you're saying and you've got to be on the boat that they're getting ready to cast off in? Yeah, it'd be one thing if you were going to wave from shore. Bon, bo, uh, what is it? Boing by? I don't know. Yeah, bye. That's what in Hillbilly it's, we'll see y'all later. Yeah. You know, but he wasn't going to get the wave to him. He was going to get to get on the boat with him, the boat that was going to be hurt and much damage. That's like saying, put your finger down here, I'm getting ready to hit it with a hammer. I'm guessing you'd say, that doesn't sound like too much fun to me. Glory to God. Paul doesn't say anything. He doesn't. He didn't say a thing. He got on the boat, and it seemed like it was going good for him. You know, so they thought, see, Paul was wrong. It's going good. Look at, look at what is it, verse 12? Verse 12. Because the haven... <laughs> what is commodious? Come on. <laughs> Because that wasn't a good place to stay, they wanted to go somewhere else, okay? It wasn't nice and warm there. They didn't want to be in the cold. Let's go somewhere else. That's why they really wanted to go. You guys ever did something just because you didn't want to do what you were doing? Not because God said, and even said, well, God told me to go. God didn't tell you to go. You just didn't want to be where you were. Well, God told me to change churches. No, He didn't. You just didn't like the way that church answered you. God loves us, doesn't He? Thank you, Lord. It wasn't commodious, as King James said. And if by any means they might attain to Phoenice and there to winter, because it was nice in Phoenice, apparently, which is a haven of Crete and lieth towards the southwest. Go to the next verse so I don't have to read any more of that. Wow. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing they had attained their purpose, they, Paul was wrong. Paul's wrong. We got this nice, gentle breeze. We're going where we want to go. That man of God missed it. Verse 14. <laughs> but not long after there arose against it a tempestuous, tempestuous. That's a, that's a hurricane wind, by the way. Here, here, in, here in America, we call that a hurricane wind. We call that a really windy wind. That's, that's the kind that blows you off the ocean. It was a tempestuous. Geez, does that impress you guys? Huh? Tempestuous. A tempestuous wind called whatever that word is. have no idea. It's a hurricane wind. The wind's got... It was a northeaster. How about that? Amen? And when the ship was caught and could bear... And could not bear up in the wind and let her die. Paul came up and said, I told you guys, and that was a stupid thing. You shouldn't have done that when I told you to. You guys are idiots. Man, his cross would have had to be flying off. His sign would have been somewhere else because Christianity just went out the door because I am mad because you put me in this position and I told you I shouldn't be in this position and I now have the right to be mad. You know when you have the right to be mad? Never. 
You know when Jesus got mad? When people were hurting people. When people were stealing people's salvation. When people were, uh, through religious tradition, causing people to believe junk about the Father. That's when you can get mad. (laughs) And then you can love them. You can get so mad that you can love them. If you're really mad about it, love them. What changes everything? Love. What never fails? Love. So if you're really mad about it, love it out of them. Amen? (laughs) The ship was caught up and it could not bear the wind. We let her drive. I don't know who her was, but she must have been a good driver. And running under a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat. In other words, it was a little hard to even stay on the boat, which, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksand, strike, strike sail, and so were driven. I have no idea what that means, but it's rough out there. It's not good, and they are in fear. These people are in fear. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, and the next day they lightened the ship. In other words, we've got to start throwing some things off. We've got to get rid of some stuff. Um, let's, let's get this ship lighter so that we do not sink. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. Another thing, in other words, everything they'd brought, all the spot, gone. We, we threw it out. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us, we all, or in no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Is he saying God, God gave up on them? No, he was saying all human hope. There's nobody going to come get them. Coast Guard ain't flying out. Right? It's too tough out there. We can't get to them. There's no hope in the world's eyes of being saved. But, like, you like it when it says but, because you know God's got a better plan. Amen? And, and see, Paul didn't go off and throw a fit. That's why there's a but here. If he'd have went off and thrown a fit, there wouldn't be a but here. <laughs> there wouldn't. It would have been, actually, the story wouldn't even be in here because he would have died. Right? But after long absence, in other words, Paul stayed quiet this whole time. He never came up and said, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. And he did remind them. Paul, <laughs> after long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of it and he said, Sirs, you should have done what I said. He said, And not have loosed from Crete. And to have gained this harm and law. In other words, you shouldn't have loosed from Crete and all this bad stuff wouldn't be happening. See, I can translate King James. <laughs> Paul's saying, if y'all wouldn't have done this, bad things wouldn't be going on right now and we wouldn't have to be going through this. Right? That's what Paul's saying. What's in the next verse though? And now I exhort you to be of good cheer... You know, with those people, Paul, did you look at the weather out there? The boat, we had to throw the stuff off. Good cheer. But they're not complaining right now for some reason. Why? Because Paul said, For there shall be no loss of any man's life, but of the ship. 
For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. Oh, glory. He's, he, he's now communicating faith. The same faith that he began to communicate back in verse 10 when he said, don't go there. He was trying to communicate his faith right then. He was saying, we shouldn't be going. He said, I've all, I, I can tell right now. I can feel it in my spirit. You, you know, I know it in my knower. We should not be going. And he was trying to communicate his faith right then. But they wouldn't listen. But they remembered this was the same man that communicated that faith when he started communicating again, didn't it? And so he's communicating his faith again. And he said, I exhort you, be of good cheer. Right? Right after he told them they should have done what he said. He must have been loving them that whole time. Right? I don't think he came up to him and said, you should have listened to what I said. You wouldn't be in this mess right now. I think he walked up to him and said, sirs, just like it said, you should have listened to me. As simple as that. And he was right. They should have. But then he stopped and he said, but I now exhort thee to be of good cheer because there's not going to be any loss of life because the angel of God, of the God whose I am and who I serve. And in other words, I'm really going to communicate some faith. Now, it's not Paul talking. It's my God. Amen. It's my God who, of whose I am and who I serve. And it's my God who told me there won't be any loss of life, but the ship's going down. Amen. And, and let's see what they say in, in, in saying. Yeah, this is what the angel of the Lord said. I'm sorry. Verse 24. Saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given them all that sail with thee. So what did the angel of the Lord say? He said, you ain't going to get hurt and I'm giving you everybody on the ship. We got a big God. He could have just saved Paul. He could have pulled Paul right out of the ocean and said, I got Paul. Right? Why, why didn't he? Why did he save all these other people that weren't believing in him? He's the God of love. He's the God of love. And Paul didn't just want to get off this boat. He wanted to communicate the faith in God. And he wanted all 276 men off that boat. Somebody prayed. Amen? Right? (laughs) Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as he told me. What's Paul doing? He's communicating faith. He's saying, God told me this, I believe it. And guess what? He got a whole bunch of people on board with him this time. Man, he he didn't have any trouble then, you know. Got a little trouble? Now we can hear you, Paul. They quit they quit hearing and started listening. Amen? Now all of a sudden they could listen to Paul. They could hear what he said. Because what he was saying made good sense because now they weren't going to die. That's kind of like good. Amen? (laughs) Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe, God, that it shall be even as I was told. How be it? We must cast upon a certain island. You guys like reading all this whole chapter? Because you have to read the whole story, right? I don't really think it needed to be read in the King James, but... Obviously it did. Howbeit we must cast upon a certain island, but when the fourteenth night was come, as we were driven up and down in Adria, 
About midnight the shipmen deemed that they drew near some country and sounded and found it 20 fathoms and then it was 15 fathoms. Then fearing lest they should fall on the rocks, they cast four anchors. And now these guys are getting scared again. They forgot what Paul told them. And they're going to go out, and what this actually says in the next verse, is they're going to go and be sneaky, and they're going to cut off, the, they're going to get in the lifeboats and get off that ship. Amen. You want to see it? Look at, look at it in the NIV, because then it really says it. Yeah. In an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors. See, King James was saying that, but he didn't say it like that. See, that, they, they did that for me so that I could read it. Right, So they were pretending they were going to get off. And, and Paul goes to the centurion. And this centurion's got big ears now. I mean, communicating faith is not hard at all. And Paul said to the centurion, uh, he, said, uh, he said to the centurion and to the soldiers, except these men abide in the ship, you can't be saved. <laughs> Guess what? The soldiers cut off the ropes and the boat and let her fall. <laughs> centurion did what Paul said. Right? All of a sudden, this faith has been communicated. Amen? And, and, and the things that are happening now are the things that God said need to happen. If this is going to happen the way I said, then this has to stay this way. These people can't leave. These people, because why? He said he gave Paul all those men. If those men jumped off in those lifeboats, that wouldn't have happened. God said all. How many of you reckon he meant? All. Because that's how many got off, right? Amen? What, what verse was I on? 33. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them that they'd all take meat, saying, This is the 14th day, and you've tarried fasting, haven't taken. They hadn't eaten in 14 days. I can just tell you right now, I'd be crabby. <laughs> I would be one crabby dude. If I had not eaten for 14 days, and I imagine they've been sick anyway because the sea's been tossing. But you know what? Dave eats. In 14 days, would I have been crabby? Oh, she knows. I don't get crabby, but I'd have got crabby then. But you haven't eaten for 14 days. Wherefore, I pray you take some meat, for this is for your health, for there shall not be a hair. He keeps reminding them, nothing bad's going to happen to you. Why? So calm down and eat. Nothing bad. He's still communicating faith. He's telling them what God said. He's communicating faith. This is what God said. You're going to make it. How many times do you go to somebody and they say, this is happening, this is happening, I can't eat, I can't sleep, I can't drink, I can't do anything. God said, you're going to make it. God said, if I be for you, who can be against you? God said, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. God said. Amen. Communicate faith. Amen? Yes. Amen. He's, he's communicating His faith. He's telling them what God said. Not a hair will fall from your head. How much, how, that had to sound good compared to dying. Amen? And when He had spoken, what? What happened when He had spoken? They took the bread. Why did they take the bread? Because He spoke faith. And He spoke faith into them. He spoke the faith that was in Him into them. And it enabled them to be something they were not. Amen? They took the bread 
or he, and having sp- he took the bread, he gave thanks to God and in the presence of them all. And when he had broken, when he had broken and began to eat, then they were all of good cheer and they ate. Man, they're, they are t- they are following tight to Paul now, right? Why? Because he's communicating faith. He didn't condemn them. He didn't say, "Hey, y'all are going to die because you didn't do what I said." Repent, because you're going to hell. He didn't say any of that stuff. He kept loving them. They put his life in danger, and he kept loving them. You guys can all do that, but Dave, he's got to grow, okay? Somebody puts my life in danger. You ever been riding with somebody doing something stupid? Oh, man, I just tore my carpet. Fixed it. Doing something stupid, and you got so mad at them that you began yelling at them because they were driving and they put your life in danger. You didn't love on them. You told them they better pull that car over before you beat every hair off their head. Right? They put his life in danger, and he prayed that he could have them all. Glory to God. Where'd my papers go? Oh, there it is. Be of good cheer, and they all ate. Verse 37. And we were all in the ship, 203 score. That's 276. That's what that is, okay? (laughs) Yep. Took a lot of toes and fingers to count that, but we got it. And when they had eaten, they lightened the ship, cast, and, and they cast the rest of the wheat into the sea. They shipwrecked, but everybody was saved. Glory to God. You reckon Paul's done communicating his faith? No. He gets on the island of Malta. They're all on the island now. These people are being nice to him. He doesn't even know why. Barbarous people. And all of a sudden, they're starting being nice to him. Amen? Once safely on the shore, we found an island. It was called Malta. And the island showed us an unusual kindness. I'm reading this out of the NIV so I can read it. They can change it so it'll be in the NIV. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood. Paul, well, you don't work, Paul. You shouldn't have to work. You're Paul. You're the man of God. You just got us off the boat. You shouldn't have to work. Let's get everybody else to work for you. No, Paul went ahead and worked. That's really odd, huh? Just a side note. Paul was out gathering brushwood. Right? And as he put it on the fire, a viper came out, driven by the heat, and fastened itself on his hand. And Paul said, Stop that in the name of Jesus. No poison things shall hurt me. No, he didn't say anything. Why do we? Fear. Exactly right. Right? You can speak the Word of God in faith, and it has great value. Obviously, he had the Word in him. The Word did say that no poison things would hurt you. Right? And he had the Word of God in him. He didn't say anything. Isn't that amazing? I mean, you got Christians yelling at devils all day long. Oh, the devil's doing this, and the devil's doing that, and this is happening, and I know it's just the enemy. And guess what? Everybody knows it's the enemy. God only does good things. 
It's not confusing. My stupidity and the devil are what caused my problems. Mostly my stupidity. None of you are in that boat. Okay. That's all right. Lord, <laughs> why didn't Paul yell at the snake? And yet he still communicated his faith. Because many times the only reason we yell and scream and dance and do other things is to show. We don't need to show. Guess what? If a viper bites you and you don't swallow up and die, that'll be a good enough show. That'll be good. Amen? Right? The viper, driven out by fastened itself on his hand, and and uh, when the uh, fastened itself on his hand, when the islanders saw the snake on his hand, hanging on his hand, they said, "Man, this dude is bad. He he he's getting judgment. He gets off the boat, and God's still still after him. I mean, they're thinking they're thinking he's being judged. Justice is not going to allow him to live. And Paul shook the snake off in the fire." And I guess he went about warming his hands. It doesn't say he did anything else. It doesn't say he, he, got, he got quiet and prayed, Oh, Lord, please don't let this poison hurt me. It says in your word that by his stripes I am healed. And it didn't say he did any of that. Right? The word in your heart is enough. Why? Because if you believe that word, you don't need to, to shout it at the devil. Right? I'm not saying there's not a time to get mad and shout at the devil. There is. I've done it. And usually it's because I need to shout at the devil. But not in front of other people usually. Usually people that do it in front of other people are doing it because they're in front of other people. Still got to love me. And we'll go on. Paul shook it off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. The people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead, but after waiting, they waited a long time. They didn't help him. They just waited. Don't do anything to help him. Let's see what happens. They waited a long time. And seeing that nothing unusual happened, they changed their mind decided he was a god. He's communicating faith. He's still communicating faith. Amen? How do you know? Because just by that action, he's now elevated to a place where he can go other places. Every step that God's taking him took him to the next place he was to go to communicate his faith. Amen? And it took him to the nearby estate that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island, He was welcomed into his home and for three days entertained us hospitably. His father was sick, suffering from fever and dysentery, and Paul went to him and after prayer placed his hands on him and healed him. Is he communicating faith? Man, a snake bite got him a long way, didn't it? Knowing who he was. Knowing whose he was and whom he served. Amen? It's It's not knowing... It's not knowing that, oh, I'm Paul. These snakes don't hurt me. God will God, my faith is greater than these snakes. Your faith in what? Your faith or your faith? It's your faith in God that saves you. It's not your faith in your faith or how big your faith is or 
you got people trying to be faith giants. Be a faith giant in God. Your faith must be in Him. It is He that says no poison thing shall hurt you. It is He that heals you. It is He that does all these good things. Not you. Your faith in Him has healed you. Right? It's very important that we don't get away from these things because it's that faith that people see. And if, if we start talking about, oh, I got that car with my faith, then they, they look at David and they say, man, he's got great faith. No, I don't. God gave me that car. And I believed He would. That's it. Right? Let's make it simple and not about us. And then he healed his dad, and, and they, that made everybody so happy that they brought everybody on the island that was sick, and they all got healed. Now that's faith communication, okay? Not only do you, you go, you get bit by a snake, you're invited into the chief official's house, you, you, you pray for his father and God heals him, and then they say, well, that can happen for him, it can happen for everybody, let's bring them all in. The whole island is now well people. That is faith communication, okay? That is as big as it gets right there. Not only did he get to the, the, the highest level, he got to the lowest level. He went from the top to the bottom. Everybody got some Jesus. That's what's supposed to happen. Amen? And that's what we're supposed to do. Our faith is to be communicated. Our faith is to be bigger than us. It's to, to be further than us. It's to go other places. It's, we're, it's, it's our way of life. It says the just shall live by faith. It's not saying that you'll just have life. It's, it's your way of life. Everywhere you go, you're in faith. You're faith communicating. You're, you're not having to tell... You don't have to wear the big cross. You don't have to carry the sign. You don't have to have the bumper sticker. They see your love. Right? What did it say back in Philemon? It said, we see your love and your faith. That's what they saw. That's what they heard about. Your love and your faith. And I, I pray because of this love and faith that the, that the communication of your faith become powerful and operative. Why? Because you've got great love and you've got great faith. And those two working together cannot be stopped. Amen? And if we possess those qualities, look at 1 Peter. I think 1 Peter. I lost a page somewhere. Hmm. Okay, we can do it this way. I know where it's at. I brought my Bible. I don't have to know the chapter and verse. I can turn to the page. Have you got a Bible like that? Sure you do. Everybody's got to have their Bible. And when you got your Bible, you just turn to the pages. It's Second Peter, see? Yeah, Second Peter. Second Peter, first chapter. For some reason I cut the thing off. The <laughs> see, I printed. You guys still love me? I missed it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I cut the cut the label off there. NIV version, uh, first chapter, starting the fifth fifth verse. It says, for this, reason, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. Right? How are you going to communicate your faith? You're going to add something to it. What are you going to add to it? Goodness. 
Add to your faith goodness. For, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. Right? Not badness, not meanness, not hardness, not signs, not, not bumper stickers, not ties, not judgment, not condemnation, mercy and love. Add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge. Add to your faith goodness and to faith and goodness add knowledge. Right? You're still adding to your faith. Add to faith goodness, add to faith goodness and knowledge. Add to faith goodness, knowledge, and self-control. Add to faith goodness, knowledge, self-control, and perseverance. Add to faith goodness, knowledge, perseverance, and godliness. Add to faith... You guys with me? Doesn't matter what you put on a cheeseburger, it just gets better. Amen? Add to your cheeseburger lettuce, tomatoes, onions. Add it to it. Amen? What's he saying? Add these things to your faith. Okay? Add to your faith godliness. Add to your faith brotherly kindness. Add to your faith love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Philemon, what did it say? I want you to be, that the communication of your faith be effectual, not ineffective, effective. Right? I want it to be effective, powerful, and operative. And how is it going to be effective? By the acknowledging, by the knowledge of the goodness of God that's in your life, and you acknowledging that. Amen? And that's what he's saying right here. He's saying this will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in that knowledge. Why? So that your faith can be communicated. How are we going to communicate our faith? How are we going to get better at it? And he said, and in verse 9 he says, If anyone doesn't do this, they're nearsighted and blind and forgotten that they've been cleansed from past sins. In other words, they, they, they've, they've lost sight of their own salvation. Right? What have they, what have they done? They're saying, they're saying, well, they're taking for granted what God did. Right? They're, they're not stirring up their doer. If you stir up your doer, you'll never take for granted what God did for you, and you'll always be ready to give answer for the hope that's inside you. Amen? You'll always be ready to give that answer. And your faith, you'll never quit increasing in these qualities. You'll add to your faith goodness. You'll add to your faith knowledge. You'll add to your faith self-control. You'll add all these things to your faith. Why? Because this is what causes your faith to be communicated. It communicates the love of God properly. It communicates the goodness of God properly. It It communicates everything that He's done in us, for us, and through us properly. Amen? And if we, in, if we have these qualities in increasing measure, we will never become unproductive and ineffective in our Christian walk. We won't need the cross, the big gold cross. We won't need the Ten Commandment tie. We won't need the signs. All we'll do is love. And we'll stir up our doers. We'll be the men and women of God that He's caused us to be. And we'll do the things that we've been called to do in increasing measure. Glory to God. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord.